for that choir this morning. Amen. Do they do an awesome job? The only thing I see wrong with the choir, I don't see enough men. I don't see enough men. Come on, men. You won't lose your man card if you get up here and sing. All right? So I want to challenge some men. I want to see more men in the choir. How many like to see more men in the choir? Well, not very many of you do. Guess we'll just keep it like it is. Amen. Pretty good as it is. All right. How many want to see some more men in the choir? Come on. All right, amen. Stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Amen. Today, one more time, we're looking in the 107th division of the psalm. Psalm 107, we're going to read the first two verses, then we're going to drop down and read verse 8 and 9 again this morning. Psalm 107 reading the first couple of verses to begin with this morning. Amen. The psalmist writes, he says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. How many agree with that this morning? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Verse 8. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Father, I thank you today for the word of the Lord. It is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. God, I just pray, Lord, today as we endeavor, Lord, to minister the Word of God today, I pray that your anointing will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, I pray that you will give us ears upon our heart today, and God, may we respond to the Word of God that we receive today, all for your glory. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. Well, you may be reseated this morning. Well, this morning we are going to conclude Our series, I'm simply calling Thankful. Now, in our first sermon in this series, I talked about some reasons for thankfulness. Do you have any reason to be thankful today? And then last Sunday, we talked about three enemies of thankfulness. Three three enemies that would try and rob us and keep us from being thankful. Thankful. How many of you this morning, how many of you had to do battle this week with any one or all three of these enemies? This past week, did you have to do battle with these enemies? You see, thankfulness doesn't come automatic, does it? Doesn't come automatic. Grumbling and complaining and whining, they come naturally. Now, on the other hand, you must be intentional. And it is only by choice that you develop a lifestyle of thankfulness. And that's what I'm suggesting. That's what I'm talking about this morning. I'm, I'm not simply talking about a day of thanksgiving where we set aside a day and the people that have grumbled and complained and cried the blues all year take one day and be thankful. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about thanks living. I'm talking about living or practicing thankfulness as a lifestyle. All right, we've talked so far in this series about some reasons for thankfulness. We've talked about some enemies of thankfulness. Today, our focus is going to be on evidence of 
thankfulness. You see, you see, we can say that we are thankful all day long. Hey, hey, we can post our Facebook daily thanksgivings uh, for the month of November, all that we want to, but here's the test. Here's the test, and there is a test. And the test is, is there any evidence of thankfulness in our life? Let me ask you this this morning. If you were arrested for thankfulness, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Now, there are three areas in our life that I believe should show some evidence of thankfulness. And the first one is in the area of attitude. Attitude. See, thankfulness will show up in our attitude. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18. I love the way the, the message Bible reads. It says, it says, be cheerful no matter what. It says, pray all the time. It says, thank God no matter what happens. And then it goes on to say, this is the way God wants you who belong to Christ to live. Did you hear what the Bible said? The Bible said, this is the way. Say, this is the way. This is the way that God wants you who belong to Christ to live. What is Paul promoting here? He is promoting a thankful attitude. He is promoting a lifestyle of thankfulness. You see, a person's attitude will tell you much about whether or not they are thankful. I have a question for you this morning. In fact, two or three questions. The first question is this morning, what, what is your attitude towards your job? What is your attitude towards your job? Are you constantly complaining about the alarm clock? What do you consistently say about your boss? What do you consistently say about your coworkers? When I was growing up, my dad taught us all how to work. My dad was a hard worker his whole life. And at a very young and early age, he taught us how to work, and he put us to work in his drywall business. And my father would never allow any of us boys ever, he were, we were not allowed to say, I have to go to work. I could never say, if my dad heard me say, I got to go to work, or I have to go to work, I'm in trouble. Because he, he taught me to say, I get to go to work. I get to go to work. He, he taught me to be thankful that I had a job. He taught me instead of grumbling and complaining and moaning and groaning and singing the blues because I got to get up out of bed, I, I got to go to work. No, he taught me to be thankful that I was blessed to have a job. And he taught me that because of my job, I get a paycheck. And because I get a paycheck, I have a house to live in. Because I get a paycheck, I have a car to drive, I have clothes to wear, I have food to eat. Oh, because of my job, I can support a family. Do you grumble every time the alarm goes off and you stumble out of bed? Or do you thank God that you are one of the many that are blessed because you've got a job? Question. What is your attitude towards your family? Do you constantly complain about changing dirty diapers? Picking up toys off of the living room floor? 
picking kids up from school, doing dirty laundry, picking up after your spouse, visits to the in-laws, paying medical bills. Is that, is that what you think about your family? Are you constantly complaining and moaning and groaning about the, oh, how it is to have a family? Or on the other hand, do are you thankful? are you thankful daily that God has blessed you with a family? What comes out of your mouth concerning your family? Grumbling or gratitude? Let me ask you this question this morning. What is your attitude about life in general? Are you constantly singing the blues? Do you constantly talk about how bad the weather is? And, uh, are you constantly talking about how you'd rather be somewhere else? Uh, and you'd rather be with someone else? And you'd rather be doing something else? Are you a real drag to be around? Can people always count on you to bring oh, all this dark cloud of doom and gloom with you wherever you go? Can they count on you to let the air out of their balloon? Can they count on you to tell you why that their dreams and their visions, their hopes, it's just not going to happen? Can they count on you to just drain all the air out of your balloon? Can they count on you to throw cold water on their hopes and their dreams? Do you constantly find fault with everybody and everything around you? Are you always talking about it's too hot or it's too cold or it's too this or it's too that? Or he, she, they, oh, they did something wrong or oh, they mistreated you or, or they left you out or, or, or? See, our attitude is evidence of what is in our heart. It proves our gratitude or lack thereof. I came across this a few years ago. I love it. It says, forgive me when I whine. It says, today upon a bus, I saw a lovely maid with golden hair. I envied her. She seemed so happy and how I wished I were so fair. When suddenly she rose to leave, I saw her hobble down the aisle. She only had one foot and wore a crutch, but as she passed, a smile. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two feet, and the world is mine. And when I stopped to buy some sweets, the lad who served me had such charm. He seemed to radiate good cheer. His manner was so kind and warm. I said, it's nice to deal with you, such courtesy I seldom find. He turned and said, oh, thank you, sir. And then I saw that he was blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes, and the world is mine. And then when walking down the street, I, I saw a child with eyes of blue. He stood and watched the others play. It seemed he knew not what to do. I stopped a moment, then I said, why don't you join the others, dear? He looked ahead without a word, and then I knew he could not hear. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears, and the world is mine. With fate, feet to take me where I'd go, with eyes to see the sunset glow, with ears to hear what I would know, I am blessed indeed. The world is mine. Oh, God, forgive me. When I whine. 
talking about evidence of thankfulness today. I believe that if we are truly practicing a lifestyle of thankfulness, it will show up in the way that we live our everyday lives. Notice another way that thankfulness is evidenced in our life. That is in the area of appreciation. Appreciation. See, how we show appreciation to the people in our lives and the possessions we have reveals whether or not we are thankful for them. If you'll read through the letters, the Pauline epistles, or the letters to the churches that the Apostle Paul wrote in the New Testament, nearly every time he begins the letter by showing appreciation to the people that he is writing to. And over and over and over he writes and he says, I consistently thank God for you. See, how we treat one another is evidence of whether or not we are thankful for one another. I like what somebody said, and they said that happiness is not found in having what you want, but it's found in wanting what you have. See, wanting what you have is appreciation. And yet instead, too often, we're guilty of taking for granted what we have. Here's here's the funny thing. Others look at us with envy. They look at us with envy about the very same things that you and I take for granted in our life. And they look at those things with envy. Let me ask you, husband, do you appreciate your wife or do you take her for granted? And wives, let me ask you this morning, do you appreciate your husband or do you take him for granted? Do we appreciate our kids? Do we appreciate our parents? Do we appreciate our friends? Do we appreciate our stuff? Briley is my oldest granddaughter. She's 10. And Briley, she's a beautiful girl, first of all, long, beautiful, blonde hair. Gorgeous girl. And Briley is very, very sweet. Very loving. Um, very affectionate. She's very tender. And she's very serious. A couple weeks ago, my wife was asking her what she wanted for Christmas. And Briley thought for just a moment, and then she said, you know, Grandma, I don't really need anything. Grandma, I have everything I need. And Dawn said to her, well, then what if Grandma and Papa just gave you money for Christmas? And, and you could just take the money that Grandma and Papa give you for Christmas. You could just take the money. You could buy anything you wanted with the money. Bradley thought for another moment. She said, no, Grandma. I really don't need money to buy anything because I already have everything I need and want. (laughs) What? What? That wasn't me at 10. That's not me at 58. 
Really? The evidence of of thankfulness is appreciation. Appreciation for what you have. Hebrews 13 and 5 says to be satisfied with what you have. I love the cartoon of Charlie Brown and and Charles Schultz uh, pictures uh, Charlie bringing out uh, Snoopy's dinner on Thanksgiving Day. And Snoopy takes a look at the dog food and says, this ain't fair. Snoopy says, this isn't fair. The rest of the world is eating turkey and dressing and all the trimmings. And and all I get is the same old dry dog food that I get every single day. Snoopy stands there staring at the dog food and finally says, but I guess it could be worse. I could have been born a turkey <laughs> instead of a dog. <laughs> See, a truly thankful person will show appreciation for who they are, for where they are, and for what they have. Appreciation is evidence of thankfulness. The last evidence of thankfulness that I want to talk about this morning is in the area of action. Our actions. Our actions. See, see, our actions reveal much about true thankfulness. And it starts, it starts with what we say. In Luke chapter 17, the Bible tells the story of Jesus healing ten lepers. But the Bible says that out of ten lepers who were miraculously healed by, by, of leprosy by Jesus, the Bible says that only one out of the ten came back and thanked Jesus for their healing. Let me ask you this morning. Are you quick to speak words of gratitude and thankfulness? Let me ask you this this morning. Do you, do you write a thank you note to your boss when he gives you a bonus? Do you personally thank him from your lips? Or do you say to yourself, I deserve that bonus. Matter of fact, I deserved a bigger one. Do we say thank you to our spouse when they do something nice for us? How about the guy that that lets us cut in traffic when the line is a, of cars is a mile long. Do we give the courtesy wave? Man, nothing ticks me off more than when I give that guy the opportunity to get in. He gets in. He don't give me that little wave, man. <laughs> hey, I didn't have to let you in, boy. <laughs> hey, our actions our evidence of our thankfulness. But not only do our actions come out in what we say, but also in what we sow. Let me give you three statements that are worth writing down this morning. I think they're in your notes. People who are truly thankful are generous with their money. 
People who are truly thankful are generous with their money. Second statement, generosity flows out of a thankful heart. And the third statement I want to make this morning is generosity is a natural byproduct of thankfulness. See, listen to this. Listen very carefully for the next couple of minutes here. The act of being thankful reveals the fact that the person that is being thankful understands that what is going on in his or her life was not totally brought about by them. On the other hand, people who are ungrateful or people who do not practice thankfulness are actually, they are actually taking credit for what is going on in their life. As if to say, why should I be thankful? I made this happen. It's all because of my amazing efforts. That's what you're saying when you're ungrateful. Is look what I have done. I've done it all by myself. I've done a good job, have I not? There was a very prideful man that had the following bumper sticker on his car. It said, I couldn't have done it without me. (laughs) Smith Wigglesworth was a, a very famous and very powerful evangelist of years gone by. And after one of his services, somebody came up to him and, and told him and said, Smith, oh, you preached a fantastic sermon tonight. Oh, that was one of the best sermons that has ever been preached in the history of preaching. And Wigglesworth responded by saying, I know. The devil has already told me. See, if we're not really, really careful, we'll begin to think that we deserve the gifts that have been given to us. If we're not very, very careful, we'll begin to take credit for all of the good things that are happening in and through our lives. And and since we believe that that through our efforts only we have produced what we have produced and we have accumulated what we have accumulated, well, because of that, then we will tend to hold on to and keep for ourselves all that we have brought about because we think we've done it all ourselves. But if we are truly thankful, that means that we understand that we did not accomplish what we have accomplished by ourselves and that we did not accumulate what we have accumulated all by ourselves. Saying thankful understands and recognizes I had some help along the way. Because of that, it's just not right for me to keep it all for myself. I want you to notice a very, very powerful, incredible scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, verse 10 through 14. 
The Bible says that God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. And in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. And as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. Very quickly this morning, there are three things that I'd like us to notice in these verses. The first thing I want us to notice is the provider. Verse 10, the Bible says, for God. For God, say God. For God is the one who provides. When will we understand that everything begins and ends with God? He is our provider. He is Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. Jesus said it this way in John 15 and 5. Jesus said, without me, you can't do anything. That's pretty clear. Maybe he had a little bulldog in him too. Hey, let me tell you this morning. We cannot even take our next breath unless God gives us the air to breathe and the ability to breathe the air. I love the story about the man that challenged God. And he said, God, I want to challenge you to creation. He said, God, I can create anything you can create. And God said to the man, go for it, man. And so the man stooped down and took a handful of dirt. And God said to the man, hey, wait on, wait a minute. Go get your own dirt. You see, everything that we have is on loan to us from God. He's our provider. The next thing in these verses is the provision. Verse 10, for God is the one who provides, notice he provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. See, 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 notice that from beginning to end, from the seed to to the finished product, which is the bread. God is involved in the process. Let's read on. In the same way, he will provide and increase. Say, provide and increase. He will provide and increase your resources. Don't we get it yet? James 1 and 17 says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father. 
And Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 33, put God first in everything and he will see to it that you have everything you need. And then the third thing that I see in this scripture is the purpose. The purpose. And what is the purpose of the provision? Well, according to 2 Corinthians 9, it's threefold. The purpose of God's provision is threefold. Number one, it's for generosity. God provides for us so that we can become generous. It says right there, verse 11, you will be enriched in every way so that, say so that. You will be enriched in every way so that, or because, or for the purpose of. You will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. But here's the problem with provision. Here's the problem with prosperity. When people are blessed with more than they need, they immediately think, more is for me. They get a bonus, they get a raise in pay, they get a windfall, they have more than they need, and ah, and something more comes to them, and things are better than they've ever been before, and immediately they say to themselves, More is for me. And so because more is for me, they go buy a bigger house. They buy a nicer car. They start buying better threads. They stop eating at Taco Bell and start eating at Papacitas. That's a pretty good step up. Because more is for me. So I've got to figure out a way to spend all this money that's coming to me because I know more is for me. But according to the verse that I just read, more is not just for me. I'm not saying you can't have a bigger house. I'm not saying you can't have a better car. I'm not saying you can't dress better. Some of you need to. Well, you're awake. I'm not saying you have to eat at Taco Bell. I'm just saying more is not necessarily just for me. More is not just for me. More is to share. More is so that I can become generous. What is the purpose of God's provision? Well, the first purpose is generosity. The second is simply to meet needs. Verse 12, two good things will result. Say result. Two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers will be met. Now, God provides for the needs of his people, but he always uses our hands to provide it. And the third purpose of God's provision is to honor God. 
Verse 13 says, as a result. Say result. As a result of your generosity, they will give glory to God. Let me tell you how to impact people's life. Don't just hand them a track. Buy them some groceries. Put some gas in their car. Pay their electric bill. I'm talking about people that are in genuine need now. As a result of your generosity, they will give glory to God. You see, when we use our God-given resources to meet legitimate needs, God is glorified and people are drawn to God. Musicians and singers could get back in place this morning. Everyone continuing to focus on me. I'm not finished yet, but I want them in place. For the past three weeks, we've talked about being thankful. For three weeks, I have told you that today we are going to give a miracle Thanksgiving offering. Now, this offering that we're going to receive this morning is going to be used to pay some outstanding bills on this building. We still owe our builder about $66,000 for changes, extras, add-ons, these kinds of things. We've got a little money in the bank, but not enough. We need $50,000 today. $50,000 is what we need. And this miracle, say miracle, miracle, miracle Thanksgiving Hallelujah. offering. Now I believe that if everybody here today will do what God places on your heart, this $50,000 goal can be reached. Amen. But it's not going to happen with $100 gifts. Even if everybody in this room gave $100, it wouldn't do it. Amen. So I need somebody to step up to the plate and write a check today for $5,000. Say, $5,000? Yeah, 5000 I didn't stutter. <laughs> My wife and I, we're going to give 3000 in this offering. We've already given 12000 We're going to give three today. Make a commitment for three today. Not bragging, I just want you to know I don't ask you to do anything I'm not already doing myself. Amen. Maybe that's so far out of reach for you. Just And boy, I'd sure love to preach a message why it is out of reach for you. And I have many times, that's why I won't today. See, for most people in America today, it's not a lack of money, it's mismanagement of money. We're in debt. See, if you live debt-free, wow, just think how generous you can become. If you ever get there, I recommend it. I want to challenge you today, not out of necessity, not out of guilt, 
Not even out of our church's need. But I'm challenging you today, as I have the last three weeks, to give this morning out of a heart of thanksgiving. A thanksgiving offering. Not a need-meeting offering. It'll do that. But that's not the purpose. The purpose, the genuine purpose, is to give out of a heart of thanksgiving. Because our actions reveal whether or not we are truly thankful or not. So I want you to give this morning not out of of necessity, not because Pastor twisted your arm, not out of guilt, not even out of the need that we have, but out of a true heart of thanksgiving, giving God thanksgiving. Thank Him, first of all, for your salvation. Thank Him that He did for you what you could never do for yourself. Thank Him for your spouse. Thank Him for your children. Thank Him for your parents. Thank Him for your friends. Thank Him for your job. Thank Him for your house, your car, your clothes, your food. The very air that you breathe out of a heart of thankfulness, give this offering. And then look around this morning and give out a heart of thankfulness to God for the grace place. This place is awesome. It is. People come in here. Some of our friends, some of our pastor friends that come drop by, people just coming by, they're amazed. Look around this morning and and give out a heart of thankfulness to God for the grace place. But not just this building, even though this building is awesome and incredible. This building is no more than a tool. That's all it is, is a tool. But this morning I want you to give out of a heart of gratitude to, for the grace place to God for trusting us Amen. that God could trust us to become a safe place I'm sad to tell you not every church is safe that God could call us to become a safe place, to become a loving place, to become an accepting place. Look around you this morning. This isn't a white boy club here. Look around. That God could could choose us, that God could trust us to become an accepting place that people of all ages and people of all colors could come in and be embraced and come in and be received and be accepted. And that God could trust us to become a nurturing place. Oh, a place where the wounded and the bruised and the hurting and the bleeding and the dying would stumble into our place and all. Oh, we would take them and we would nurture them and we would love them and we would care for them and we would encourage them and we would minister to them and we'd build them up and we'd get them back on their feet and we'd get them going in the right direction. God could trust us to become a forgiving place. A healing place. All of those under the umbrella 
of the grace place. The altar call today is the offering. There should be an offering card on the seat by you somewhere. Everybody get it and wave at me. One, Get one, make sure somebody in your family has them. I don't see very many right here in the middle here. Come on. Get them out and wave them at me. If you're not going to give, you can at least wave. Why do I need to get it? I'm not giving anything. Well, you know, fool me by just waving at me. The altar call today is the offering. The offering card, it says Miracle Thanksgiving Offering. It's a place for your name. Please print your name there. Print it. So we know who this is. And it simply says, out of a heart of gratitude and with God's help, I will give a one-time offering of, and you can put the amount there. Might be 5000 might be 500 Might be 250 For you, $100 may be a whole lot. Out of a gratitude, heart of gratitude and with God's help, I will give a one-time offering of, and you put the amount there, to the grace place. And then it says, I will give this offering, and it gives you an option there. You can either give it today, or if you need 30 days, you can check off 30 days. Or if you need 60 days, or even if you need 90 days. I need it as soon as possible, but worked out a deal with the builder that I don't have to pay him that 66000 for a little while. He's going to give us a little grace. He's offering grace to the grace place. Now, he's going to add a little interest, but it's still graceful, still awesome. But I need to get it paid as soon as possible. But whatever will work for you. But I need you to do the best you can. And there's one last thing that I'm going to ask you. Don't, don't fill it out yet. I haven't prayed yet. We'll give the Holy Spirit one more chance. I prayed and prayed and prayed, but I'm going to pray one more time. And one last thing I'm going to ask you, and that is before you fill out your card, whatever you were going to do, I'm going to ask you to add just a little bit more to that. If you were going to give $500, could you give six? If you were going to give 1000 could you give 12 I just want you to just, whatever you were going to do, could you have just, just a little bit more faith? And could you add just a little bit? more to it. See, here's what it is. It's compounding. If all of us added just a little bit to what we're going to do, wow, compounded, that could be a lot. And it'd just be a little bit more for all of us. Does that make sense? Father, I just pray today. Father, I just pray today that you will do what I am unable to do. God, I know that I'm not able to twist people's arm. I'm not able to convince people to give. I know how people think about their money. Holy Spirit, you're able to tap into their heart today. And you're able this morning, Holy Spirit, to make them tender. God, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to the heart of the people today. God, I pray that not only will we see $50,000 given or committed today to be given in the next few weeks, God, we'll see you do exceeding abundantly above what we have asked and what we have thought. 
And Father, I just pray for everyone who participates in this offering today. God, I pray that you will bless them today. God, I pray that you will will open the windows of heaven over their life and you will bless them, pour out blessing upon them and their family. God, I pray that you will bring protection to their family. You will rebuke the devourer for, for their sake. Lord, we are so grateful and so thankful for your abundant blessing upon all of our lives and upon this church. And we bless you today and we prove our, we prove our thankfulness today by our action as we give today in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll give you just a moment this morning to fill out your card. Fill it out real quickly. If you don't have a pen or pencil, ask somebody around you if they have one. Like we have any new Grace Place pins yet, we'll get those ordered and get those going here pretty quick. But if you don't have a pin, is there anyone here this morning you don't have a card and you need a card? You don't have a card and you need a card. Don't scratch your head, you'll have a card. Amen. All right? All right, we're going to sing uh, through one time and then we're going to stop and do something else and then we're going to sing again. So just sing through one time. Fill out your card as they're singing this morning. Everybody got your card filled out. Pass them to the inside aisle. Turn them over so your neighbor don't see. Turn them over and then pass them to the inside aisle, whatever the aisle closest to you is. The ushers are coming to get them this morning. And then once they get them, they're going to take them to the back, and the deacons are going to total the giving. How many want to know whether we had a miracle or not this morning? You want to know? You want to hang around and see? It won't take very long. It won't take very long. Just get those cards. Get those cards, get them filled out, get them passed into the aisle note closest to you. Ushers, get them back to the back as quickly as possible. Deacons, gather in the back there, use your calculator. And yeah, if you have money to give today, you can, oh, okay. All right, once the, where's Ricky Lewis? Ricky Lewis, you got the offering buckets handy? Once the, once, the, uh, once the cards have been turned in, why don't we go through the congregation with the buckets, and then if anybody wants to give today, they can put the money in the offering bucket, okay? Is that good? You can, you, y'all mind if we make it up as we go? Is it okay if we kind of wing it and make it up as we go? All right? Has everybody turned in their cards? Everybody turned in their cards? All right, while they are tabulating the, the total, 
Ricky, if you'll get your ushers to come again this morning and just walk through the congregation, just pass them like you normally pass the offering. And we're going to sing this morning, and we're going to worship. The offering buckets are coming. So if you want to give your offering or part of your offering today, you can do so. The buckets are coming momentarily. If we've done this too quick for you, you can always give your money at the end of the service to myself, my wife, or one of the, one of the deacons, preferably one of the deacons or my wife would be the best. Amen. Let's worship. Let's sing this morning. Don't give the total back there now so you let me know. You're going to give it. I don't want them to pour out of it.
that's that's a good sign. That's good news. I'm ready. I'm willing to wait a little bit. Are you willing to wait a little bit? That's a good sign. I don't want it to take. I don't want it to be quick. I want it to take a while. Take a while to count that many cards. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just give the Lord a shout of praise in advance. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You don't have to stand. You can sit down and just keep playing. We're waiting. We're excited. You can stand if you want, but you don't have to. this morning what was our goal this morning $50,000 we did not get $50,000 this morning the unofficial tally is and this is if uh, if it's correct but it's close uh, let's say $83,000 well give the Lord a shout Shout a little bit. Amen. Come on.
give your neighbor a high five and tell them we did it. Two things before we're dismissed. First thing, if you're a guest, don't forget to turn in your connection card to our welcome center. We have a gift out there for you. Also, we have those sheets in the youth room, so make sure you pick those up on your way out. God bless you and have a wonderful afternoon. And people from every nation and tongue, from generation.